Me and my cousins. It's a podcast. Three guys, three decades, three perspectives. Me and my cousins. It's a podcast. Morgan Coffee Co. is a small batch coffee company out of Point Pleasant, New Jersey. They feature unique blends inspired by the Jersey Shore, and every month they feature a new single-origin coffee from around the world and their new Flavor of the Month Club. Bean Morgan Coffee Co. is giving our listeners 10% off all coffee and their recently released K-Cups. Visit Bean Morgan Coffee Co. and enter Cousins10 at checkout. Bean Morgan Coffee Co., the roast from the coast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Me and My Cousins podcast. I am Angelo Gingerelli, coming at you with Mike Casale and Kenneth Kozier, a.k.a. My Cousins. And this week, we're going to start off the show by dropping you into a very heated conversation we had about the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, Mike feels strongly about it, Kenny feels strongly about it, and they do not feel strongly about it in the same way. Immediately after that, we're going to hit you an interview I did by myself without Mike and Kenny with two of my favorite guys in Jersey hip-hop. We got Rodney Corsi from Garden State Hip Hop and Jonathan Anthony from What's the Movement.net. Two guys that when I see them out at shows, I get pumped up and everything they do on social media I like because they always tell me what's next. I think I know who, what rappers, what R&B singers, what groups you guys should be listening to, but these guys are even one step ahead of me. So make sure you stay tuned and check that out. Anybody they mention, any names they drop, Go look those people up because I promise if you, if you like that, you know, not real radio hip hop, but kind of you know, one level below underground next to blow. Want to know what the kids are talking about? Check out anybody they mention or shout out. And Rodney's got a big show coming up online. It's going to be broadcast from the scene early March. I know I'm going to be there online uh, supporting that. So make sure you guys do that too. And then if you guys remember, I was on Jonathan Ramsey's podcast in 2019. Somehow a podcast that has guests like Jim Jones and the Heatmakers also allowed me to be a guest. So super shout out to him for that. And then back in 2017, four years ago, me and Rodney did the A&R podcast together. And we brought you interviews with people like Chill Smith, Off Top, Joe College, Fresh Go from ITM, and a bunch of other rappers that are doing great things now four years later. So for whatever reason, that podcast no longer happening, but some great memories, some great episodes. You can find that content out there. We interviewed some of the, the best rappers in the game that have put out a ton of great music since then. So without further ado, let's go. I have a quick question for you guys. Uh, either of you sign up for the vaccine yet? Or I, I just signed up this week. Um, I, can get, I can get it kind of quick as being in education. I'm sure, Angelo, you could too. Uh, what were your guys real quick? I just want to know what you guys are doing on that. You go first. And <clears throat> um, um, I have some reservations as I do with all vaccines, but that being said, I'm not going to dedicate mental capacity to it because I'm pretty sure it's going to be impossible to function in American society without it. And I, my daughter goes to public school. I have a job where I'm around a ton of people every day. I'm going to get it uh, when my number's called kind of thing. I want to, I have to. And that's kind of where I'm at. I wasn't trying to put you on the spot. No, no, no. It's not on the spot. I'll I'll do it when I have to do it. Put him on the spot. To live the way I live now, and I'll I'll go ahead with it and hope for the best, like everybody else, I think. Kenny, what do you think? All right. So, you know what, man? My logic is if the elderly population, not you guys, like 60 and up is vaccinated, the ones who are at most risk of dying, why would the younger population need to be vaccinated if we're gonna we're not gonna spread it to them it's just kind of stupid and i don't know i'm a rebel against the man i'm not getting vaccinated and uh yeah you know when society divides in a couple years from now that's just the side of the fence i'm gonna be on you know that's it i think that's it i think that's all we need 
<laughs> I think I think up until now for 35 episodes, we've all been on the same page with virtually everything. And I think we just found the great divide. <laughs> no joke, man. I'm not getting the vaccine. Like, I just, I don't think I need it, you know? And if I die, I die. That's it. Shit yeah, happens. it's cool, man. You just infect everybody around you. Not a big deal. No, I'm well, no if, if everyone's know, vaccinated, man. like, let's say my parents are vaccinated, you guys are vaccinated, why would you worry about me carrying COVID if your vaccination is correct? Does the vaccination prevent you from getting it or just makes you less likely to get it? And I'm not being funny. I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. All I know is it gives you like probably a, like a 90% chance of better of not really getting it because your body already recognizes those like uh, killer, not, not killer T cells, those spike, those spike proteins in COVID. I don't know. It's, they're doing some new experimental shit. That's another. Oh, that's another thing. Hold on. Uh, the vaccine was made within a year. The average vaccine nowadays takes five to 10 years to make. You know, it's another reason. Yeah, they, def- they definitely went quicker. I, I oh, definitely right, I'm going to throw this idea out there for everybody. Everything they were doing in medicine 100 years ago, we look and laugh at them as being almost barbaric by today's standards, right? In 100 yeah. years, our great-grandkids are going to look back at 2020 and think everything we're doing in medicine is barbaric and stupid, right? It's the way, it's the, it's the way science goes. We get exponentially better every couple of decades. Um, so to say that we have this figured out, and that's a little naive, what I have a beef with, we're going to end on this, in New Jersey, teachers like Michael, who deal with hundreds of kids a day, are lower on the list of people to get the vaccine than the obese and smokers. So think about that. If Mike just locked himself <laughs> in his house every day and was, was smoking camel lights with sausage fingers, he would be able to get the vaccine faster than if he's a teacher out there educating kids and doing a great thing for society. So the, the moral to the story is if you live in New Jersey and you don't want to die from COVID-19, be on my 600-pound life and smoke a carton of Marlboro Reds a day, and you'll be first in line for the vaccine. Don't work out. Don't be a teacher. Don't try to make yourself better and stay healthy because New Jersey doesn't care about those people. That being said, it's completely true. And and true. He's not lying. That being said, I am Angelo Gingerelli. That's Mm. Mike. That's Kenny. Uh, Stay tuned all season. I'm sure we're going to debate this vaccine some more, and we'll see you soon on the Me and My Cousins podcast. In case you missed the first season of Me and My Cousins, go back wherever you listen to podcasts and listen to Angelo Gingerelli, Mike Casale, and Kenny Nicosia hit you with three perspectives from three cousins from three different decades. We had sports people like Connor Root from TNL Performance, the guys from Mach 1 Barbell, John Schaefer, and World Bench Press Champion Mike Kapinski. We had music people like DJ Funsize, Chucky Gook, and Short Shot, and Drew the Recluse. We had comedy people like Andrew Lawson, Taylor Allen, and the Ants. We had podcast people like KP Burke and the Foul Housemates, a.k.a. Dan Caprio and Leah Wolf, and we had Jersey Shore legends of making like Jake Dillon, R.C. Staub, and Spire by KHF, plus the guys from the Bean Mug and Coffee Co. Everybody you're going to be talking about next year, we were talking to last year. Me and my cousins. It's a podcast. What's going on, everybody? It's time for another episode of the Me and My Cousins podcast. As always, I'm Angelo Gingerelli flying solo tonight. Mike and Kenny are not with me. I replaced them with two of my best friends in the New Jersey hip-hop, R&B, music industry. Uh, Two guys that I just respect a lot. I I check their social media daily. I check their websites every couple days to find out what's out there, what I should be listening to. Uh, If you guys listen to this podcast for any length of time, you know we're trying to expose you guys to the newest, the best of all kind of music at the Jersey 
Jersey Shore. We've had Shore Shot. We've had Drew the Recluse. We've had DJ Funside. We've had Chucky Gookins. We've had a bunch of artists already, but this is our first time having kind of curators on the show and content creators that are interviewing and posting and letting everybody know who are some of the best and brightest people from New Jersey that are going to be next. I always say if these guys post about somebody today, everybody else is talking about them tomorrow. And I really follow their lead when I think about what to listen to and what to put in my headphones and play on my Spotify uh, when I'm running or driving or just checking out new music. So without further ado, I want you guys to give it up for one of my two of my good friends, Rodney Corsi and Jonathan Ramsey. How are you guys doing? Cool, man. Doing How well, are you? brother? Good, man. So I guess let's... uh. I guess we'll just do it alphabetically. We'll let Corsi go first. What? Uh, give us your background, man. Give us your, your brief history. When's hip hop ended your life? And what, what do you do now? How? When, if you're if we're in an elevator together, and I'm in a position of power where I can maybe help you, and you got 30 seconds, how do you describe your your grind and what you do? Just uh, uh, a, a full time music publicist and small business owner. You know, it's easy as that. And that small business is Garden State Hip Hop, correct? Yes, sir. Um, almost two years I've been working through my brand, and, uh, you know, I couldn't be happier. It's great, man. It's a great brand. It's a great site. It's how I became aware of you uh, way back in 2016, and we worked together in 2017 at a podcast called the A&R Podcast, which were great times. But uh, right. explain, I think a lot of people listening might not know what a publicist does. What is it? What's a publicist job? If I'm an artist and I have a, a good song or a good album and I, I decide to work with you, what are you doing for me? What's the what's your job to, to your obligation to your artist? I mean, I'm I'm going to tell you what I was taught when I came into the industry. The role of the publicist is to build credibility for the artist. So that's something I've stood by. That's been my foundation since I've entered it, entered the industry. Um, but what that looks like is um, pretty much a full PR rollout, publicizing your new song, your new product, so on and so forth, just to get it that, you know, to, to give it that engagement and build that curiosity in what you're doing. And when you have major national music platforms kind of like co-signing, you know, your work, you know, leads to so many different opportunities. I want to get back to that for a minute because I want to talk about it in the, in the new world that we live in with playlist and streaming. I'm assuming that job's changed drastically since the days of record stores and radio being important, stuff like that. And we'll get to that. But for now, uh, Ramsey, man, what, what's your story? What do you what do you do day to day? How do you explain your job and your role in the industry to somebody if you had, let's say, 30, 45 seconds to get your point across? All right. So um, I run What's the Movement.net. Uh, it's a music publication uh, covering independent artists from New Jersey and uh, beyond New Jersey. Started as a radio show, now hosts podcasts, uh, do uh, local concerts, the whole nine. So kind of kind of piggybacking off of what Rodney said, like, um, you know, like I think a lot of people think publications are for uh, to get clicks and plays and stuff. But really, I think nowadays what it serves as as credibility like like rodney said like it's not um i, I mean I don't, I don't know who goes to complex and that turns into thousands and thousands and millions of streams so it's it's about credibility and, and as a as an as a fan of music like i write a monthly music column at the poprate.com but at the end of the day i'm not in the industry like you guys are i'm a fan right and i think what you guys do is become so important because 
we're in the era we live in where there's not the traditional gatekeepers, right? You don't need a record label to make a song. You need a SoundCloud account and an email address, right? But there's so right. much music coming out day to day. How does a regular person even start to sift through that? And I think it starts with, with you guys, right? You kind of decide what you like and who you want to help get some eyes and clicks on them and kind of help that person break through from maybe a couple of thousand hits to a hundred thousand hits or something like that. Is that fair to say that you're, you're kind of curators and tastemakers at the end of the day? I would say, um, I mean, presently, I would say Ramsey in terms of the journalistic aspect of it, definitely more than me. Um, I think I bring value to, to, to the artists is through my live events over the past few years. So that's kind of like the platform I've used in recent time to say, here are the best, not just hip hop artists, but live performers as well in your city, in your area. And I, I post this on social media and I 100% believe it. Uh, for my for my money, Rodney Corsi is a strictly home run hitter. Every event he's ever done to me has been a great time. Great artists run extremely yeah. professionally. Um, and the, I, I, I wasn't the first time I met Ramsey, but one of the first times I met him was hosting uh, the, the, the rap battle. It wasn't a battle. It was a cypher on stage at um, House of Independence by the beginning of 2019. And it was one of the, one of the best events I've ever been to in any kind of music in Asbury Park. Uh, that being said, you got something you. coming up. What's the next the next thing you got, you got coming up in Asbury Park? Uh, bless the mic with my brother, Rob Martin, uh, owner and founder of Alpha Code Streetwear brand. Really dope. You should check it out. Um, pretty much Bless the Mic is just presenting some of the most highly engaged artists, a part of this local music community, um, from my observations and just what I've gathered through through the Internet. Um, so we we wanted to showcase them. And also, I mean, no one definitely in a hip hop space has done a ticketed virtual concert. So, um, you know, with everyone being home because of the pandemic, you know, we're giving you a DJ battle. You give, we're giving you an all-female cypher, lineup of all the best local talent, you know, um, on a Sunday night. So, um, you know, this is kind of like 1995 Royal Rumble. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that that, uh, that that poster is lengthy. There are a lot of good names on there. I'm super excited. Give us the date and uh, the link or the website. We can go to sign up and get those tickets. Absolutely. So um, you can go through, well, the date is March 7th, Sunday, March 7th. Um, we're kicking off the show at 6 p.m., so don't be late. Um, it'll be at the Saint, Iconic Saint in Asbury Park, and you can pick up tickets through uh, TicketWeb. Or check me out on Instagram at RodneyGSHH, and you'll see the link to purchase your ticket in my Linktree bio. Okay, nice, man. Was that lineup curated exclusively by you? Did you have some help? How'd you pick the? How'd you pick? I'm assuming when you put on a show like that, a lot of people want to be a part of it. There's probably got to be some people told no for whatever reason. How'd you decide who to say yes to? Um, yeah, so to answer the first part of your question, of course, Ra, who's my partner in the show, um, you know, he brought some artists to the table that he wanted to show some love to. Um, you know, we found common ground across the board on pretty much everyone that we extended invitations to. Um, but that being said, man, how much do you guys miss live concerts, live events, oh clubs? My oh, my um, God. The one thing I think the three of us have in common in February and early March of 2020 
we were popping. We had we, the three of us had stuff going on. Yeah, and I feel like I remember. <laughs> yeah. I remember texting Ramsey about an event he did and being like, "This is it, man. The three of us are about to take that next step." And then, then literally, not that we not take a next step, we stopped taking steps at all. Right? The world yeah. just kind of ended, man. So I always, <laughs> whenever I th- and obviously there's a, a million things going on crazy in the world right now but i do think it hit you guys really hard because especially rams had a bunch of stuff going on last winter just kind of ground to a halt so that being said what have you been doing man if we can't do live events and do cyphers and do dj nights uh ramsey first and rodney how do you guys been keeping busy oh man i it was crazy is that coming summer i was gonna take feels like r&b on the road we um i was trying to do five cities but i had confirmed three at that point um i confirmed boston brooklyn and another date in newark but uh these days man i'm just just pushing the podcast man asap Bisa podcast you guys have both been uh been on the podcast so uh it's obviously the greatest podcast ever not named me and my cousins so yes <laughs> but uh yeah man just the podcast just interviewing people um in addition to like, you know, music discovery, continuing to keep my ear to the streets, seeing what's going on. I like to think I know what's going on in the state of New Jersey. And if I don't, I always check NJ next. So nice, man. Appreciate it. How many times can we shout each other out at one? Like, 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 a, verse where we keep dropping like, a, like a stream of conscious subliminals and then the listener gets the end of it. Like, oh, it was about that. I didn't see that coming. Um, hey, man, we're laughing, having a good time. I love connecting with you guys. I want, I want to take the conversation serious just for one second. You brought up the A-Side, B-Side podcast. You've had great guests like Jim Jones and the Heatmakers. You've had not-so-great guests like me and Rodney, right? But in the summer, in the summer you guys were both super involved with the, the political movements that were happening in Asbury Park and in the, in the country. Right. And I thought what, mm-hmm. what, what Ramsey did, what was, it was super effective on my, from my viewpoint was the, these are our stories series of podcasts. We did in the episode. Super dope. And Rodney Thank really, and, and Rodney, I saw some of his stuff online of being in the streets with the people delivering incredibly powerful speeches. Um, and I think I would be remiss. We're going to laugh and have a good time and talk about music and going to club and all that. But I would feel bad about myself if I didn't give you guys all the credit in the world for taking a stand at a time when everybody needs you to take a stand. So first with Ramsey and then Rodney, uh, what made you do that? And what was your goal with that series of podcasts you put out over the summer? Yeah, man. Um, so these are stories I kind of took a break off from. Uh, I mean, A-Side, B-Side, What's the Movement, everything related to that is generally about indie music discovery. But um, obviously, like, you, there's more to life than than the local culture scene so um i i needed to highlight what was going on in the world what's still going on in the world and um it's crazy uh these are our stories kind of just came from a conversation um a guy i went to high school with uh scott stewart a good friend of mine he moved to dc and he was out there during the during the protests and like we were texting uh because uh he almost got arrested and he was just trying to talk to somebody to make sure they could reach out to his people to get him out or if something happened. And uh, he called me the next day and I was like, yo, man, we, we got to put this on record. Cause he was just telling like this crazy story about him at the protest, like in front of the white house and, uh, and how everything was happening. And I was like, I got to talk about this. Like people, people just think that like people hear protests and they think riot and those aren't synonymous. And I wanted to make sure that people came in and told their stories. 
Yeah, man, I think you did a great job with that. Uh, Rod, what was your, I mean, I obviously know because I watched a ton of it online, but what for people that didn't know what you did this summer, tell everybody how you spent your summer and the, the big things you did. Yeah, so um, to piggyback on off Jonathan uh, in reference to the protest, um, initially, you know, I went to my first protest in Newark, you know, um, but when I went to the local ones, I guess just all the emotions from what was going on, being at the protest in Newark, when I came back to, to this area, I just felt so like more like rejuvenated and inspired. And just all this emotion came out of me at the, at the protest in Asbury, at the protest in Long Branch. And then eventually I got in contact with a young lady from Brick Township that wanted to organize a protest here. We ended up joining forces together along with Chris Rockwell to make that a positive day as well. And that protest was the one that I decided to speak at. Um, so, I mean, it was very powerful. It was very emotional. Some interesting opportunities presented itself to me. Like I had the opportunity to meet Congressman Andy Kim. So I met him over the summer with a few other organizers from different cities and we've stayed in touch. Um, we, we stayed in touch with Andy as well. So, um, just like 2020 as a whole, you know, that was a unique year and that was just a whole unique experience as well. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, thank you guys for, for doing that. I thought it was great and a great way to, I think in 2020 for anybody to survive and, and you had to pivot what you were doing to some extent, right? I thought you guys were two great examples of people that, that were your faces in the community. Everybody knows you from concerts and clubs and, and party promoting and stuff like that and then when it had to get serious you guys got real serious right away and i uh, thank you for that um i read at the one at the one rally you talk about in break I, I know you spoke yeah. uh very powerfully and i believe that's the event when my our friend chris rockwell who will eventually be a guest on the show gave a pretty impassioned speech too about at thanksgiving punch your racist uncle you know that kind of thing of don't let the older people in the family be racist and the joke i always make is I'm not, I, I don't know how my old, my, my grandparents have all passed away. My dad and uncles are not overtly racist. But the thing that I always look at is as a father with a five and a half year old daughter, I'm more focused on making sure she doesn't go down that road. You know what I mean? Cause she's impressionable. She's young. She knows you guys. Absolutely. Um, and that's my thought is like, yeah. put that energy into that next generation and not let it happen next. And what I always say, and I think it's a joke, but it might be real. My daughter's never going to be racist because she sees her dad get beat by all different kinds of people all the time at all different kind of events. Like we're going to listen to this in the car one day at the probably Saturday, we're driving around doing errands. And at no point is she going to be like, my dad is the smartest guy on that podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, she, and she loves seeing, but I mean, that, that, that's kind of a joke, but it's kind of real, man. She lives in a world where, you know, the three of us see each other on the street in Asbury and talk music for 20 minutes. And we're all, you know, we dap each other up and go home at the end of it, um, which I think is a great way to grow up. I would much rather have her grow up that way than, than not around any kind of diversity whatsoever, to use a cliche. I totally believe that yeah, until we're in the true. car and she's singing a little Dirk verse of Laugh Now, Cry Later. And I'm like, <laughs> like I was kind of happy she knew to turn that little boy off in the club because you're not listening to rats. But I was kind of like, <laughs> what, what is happening here? Am I a good father? Am I a bad father? Um, and then I'm like, I don't know, man, we're Italian. We were the original stop snitching, so it's probably a good lyric for her to know. And then... uh. <laughs> 
and then it's kind of just a big huge Drake fan, man. So uh, I guess kind of kind of <laughs> take it take the edge off the seriousness of that of the song. I mean, it's not over. So what that the thing you guys were talking about is not over at all. But the, to, to get off it for a second and kind of go back to having fun together. No, no, and and you know what? In, in spite of that, Angelo, um, what went on with the protests and everything, a lot of good music came out. Throughout well, the summer, yeah, yeah. and throughout the entire quarantine, what, would you some guys of the best ag- album? Uh, and I want to get ahead. to that in one second. Would you yeah. guys agree that if you look at the history of popular music, the worse the conditions for society in general, and particularly artists, the better the music, right? I'm like, you look at a, yeah. per, on, a on a personal level when Mary J. Blige's life is falling apart, she drops classics. When her life's going pretty good, uh, kind of <laughs> average yeah. R and B records, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember in the, one of the first episodes of the A&R, A&R podcast back in late 2016, the Tribe Called Quest record had just dropped, right? And me and Roddy were kind of kind of analyzing that on the first mm-hmm. episode. And it, it had been 18 years since Tribe Called Quest made an album. And I remember I said, and I still believe this, that album for as great as it is, my personal favorite album of 2016, there's two sad things about it. One is that Fife Dog had passed away, so there was not yeah. going to be another Tribe Called Quest album, right? There, there, it was a rap. That was a swan song. And it was a very good one, but you're not getting part two of that. But number two was that in 2016, Tribe Called, a Tribe Called Quest were making songs like, like Space Program that could have came out in 1990. Yeah. And at that point, 26 years, almost nothing had changed. And that, to me, is being a lifelong hip-hop head one of the most frustrating things as much as I love seeing like a big time artist, like little baby make a song like the big picture. Right. I, it's a, it's a great record. The kids love him. He, I think he stepped up and did a good thing. You guys don't, if I'm wrong about that, but I think I, I'm so frustrated that that song still needs to come out in 2020 as much as it needed to come out in 1990. Would you guys agree that's a, that's a kind of frustrating, sad thing going on that these, these, the, the, the protests are still needed and these protest songs are still needed. Am I, am I on base when I say that? Um, I think so, but yeah. I mean, that's just um, human beings, man. A lot of us are trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no other way to put that. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's no bigger influence on hip-hop than Ronald Reagan, if you, if you really think about it, you know? Yeah, that, mm. hey, that's completely fair, man. Uh, so that being said, Rod, you brought up some of the biggest albums or best albums of 2020 come out during the quarantine era. What do you got? What, what are the things we should have been listening to for the last, let's say, eight to 12 months? Well, I'll go with like the Over 30 Club. Sure. Because I kind of like that trend in hip hop now where... Grown-ass man rap? I mean, historically, we just talked about Lil Baby. Hip hop is a young man's game. But I like to see the guys 35 and plus release incredible music. So that's from Nas. That's from Royce the Five Nine. That's from Busta Rhymes. Um, uh, who else? I, I I hate coming on these shows and doing this because my mind goes. <laughs> it always happens to me too. And then he, as soon as but they, they the stop recording, you think everything. Oh, Benny the Butcher, over thirty-five years old. Yeah, every everybody in Griselda has been around, man. They're not killing they're not it. new. Yeah, um, and and killing it now more than ever. Yeah, no, no right. question. And I, I think you can make a pretty good case that Run the Jewels was the best album Run, of the year. Thirty five um, guys are in their, yeah. in their mid forties. They've been around for. They've both been in the game mm-hmm. more than twenty years. Um, and just kind of you know they I, they've both always been incredibly talented. I've been fans of both of them since their first projects. But them two together in the 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 climate we are in now is, in my opinion, just a perfect combination. 
Um, Absolutely, I, I think they're a good, they're a good, a good, uh, like indicator to people. If you're making music now and you're not connecting with fans for some reason, don't give up. Stay in it. It might take ten years, and then the next thing you know, you're you're to run the jewels of the 2020s. Right, and and yeah. you know what's interesting about a lot of these artists, the 35 and plus club that dropped dope albums this year, they've all connected with the younger generations in cool, organic ways. You, you like know, it's I, not whack. Like Spicy by Nas, Fabio, and I think ASAP Ferg. That's a hot song. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying. And you know, so, I think might have done that better than anybody. Over oh, Buster Rhymes did it with a couple of young guys, right? But Ti on that Libra album with all the young Atlanta cats, um, mm, it was it was legit. It worked. Him, especially the song uh, "Pardon" with him and little baby, I thought was a banger. Um, and that's a guy in his forties and a guy in his twenties just c- connecting, like you said. Mm-hmm. Ramsey, what do you got for the best albums of the year that we should have been listening to during twenty twenty? Well, you go local, you go big time, you go R and B, whatever you want. Um, and I could do it all. Um. I guess for the plus 35, like, like Rodney was saying, um, one, the only one I feel like he did mention is, uh, Black Thoughts album was, was crazy. Oh, um, yeah, that was phenomenal. That, he, well, can we all I, agree? He's to me, tell me, tell me what you agree with this or not. He's the, the epitome of like Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hour rule. Like in 1995 yeah. on, do you want more? He is a good rapper, right? Around the two yeah. thousands, he's a better rapper. And now in, the, in 2021, you can make a case he's the best rapper alive. Um, and I always say rap's the only thing that it's a skill that we expect people to get worse at as they get older, right? But Rodney's a better publicist right now than he was when he was 20, right? Ramsey yep. is a better cultural curator right now than he was when he was 20. I'm a better blogger, stand-up kind of writer right now than I was when I was 20. Why wouldn't rappers continue to get better? Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, um, like... Yeah, it's definitely fair to say. Go ahead, John. Uh, yeah, like, uh, like, all right. So, like, subject matter. Like, you're not gonna go to like a 20 year old for like relationship advice. You're gonna go listen to like an old head about something like that. So, like, Jay Z is on 44, 44, telling you don't go Eric Benet. Like, take yeah. care of home. <laughs> so, like, like, so I imagine like not just relationship advice, but like, like, just general advice. Because I, I always thought that's what rap is. Like, you know, I've learned more from rap than I have in school, and. <laughs> It's just the nature of the world, you know? Yeah, yeah, man. Absolutely, man. It's like Chuck D said, you know, the CNN for for Black America, you know? But now, I mean, deeper than Black America now, I mean, it's uh, it's at the center of pop pop culture. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it inspires so much. Yeah, man. Real quick, just you said Chuck D, and we were talking about the Over 35 Plus Club. I don't know if there was a plug in the album this year, but there was a single produced by DJ Premier, um, it's called something about 45. Yeah. It's great. It's it's yeah, a great it song by grown men attacking a grown man issue. And it's just a banger, man. It's a classic premiere beat. And Chuck D, as you would imagine, kills it with a political verse. And it's just it's a banger of a song. I, I can't think of the name of it right now. Um, that being said, who do we like or who should we check out from Jersey right now? Like, give me some of the people that are doing your show at the same. Give me some people that that maybe I don't even know yet that, that are out there making good good music. I mean, we could start with a lot of the usual suspects, you know, the Joe Colleges, the uh, HD Picasso's, the um, the Bulletproof Bells. You know, those guys are continuing to work and make noise. Um, the homie Eight Days, who's going to be performing at the Saint. Yeah. Um, Jonathan, you know, Jonathan actually put me on to 
uh, his EP that came out about a year ago. And it was just phenomenal, oh, man. It, yeah. it blew me away. Yeah, uh, this so is definitely kid. artists like Eight Days, who's kind of like a hybrid hip-hop, R&B, like very soulful, trappy dude. Um, so definitely him, man. And there's just so many others. You know, Off Top Kills just released a really dope single called Green Room. Which you listened uh, to when you were out. doing a hell of a workout, climbing a wall in an indoor rock climbing facility earlier this week, where you look good and tough, man. It's a big-time workout. Uh, I'm going to throw a guy out there that I like, a younger guy named Kay Prez, who I met at one of Rodney's events a couple years ago. But he's, got that, he's got that single out now with the snow goons on the production. Um, it's fire. I can't wait for that project to drop. That's probably the thing I'm looking forward to most uh, this spring, music-wise, is his full project with snow goons. Jonathan, what do you got, man? Um, so from Bayonne, Malk, I like him a lot. Uh, actually, uh, now that I think about it, you've covered him on NGINX. Um, I have, I like, you connected us. Um, I like Soulful, he's from Franklin. Now he's like, uh, he got a new album coming out pretty soon that's gonna be dope. Uh, he let me sit and listen to it. He came and did a mood room session at the house. Um, who else? Uh, John Crawford is dope. Um, Marcus Soraya from Newark. He uh, he has a joint project with Joe College coming out uh, this year. If if uh, they're not lying to me, um, right. <laughs> uh, man, who who else do I listen to from around here these days? Uh, I've been listening to a lot of R and B around here. Um, Karma's amazing. Um, uh, Shadi Mani, uh, Eight Days, like like Rodney said, he man, he's like, got Mike something. Is, yeah, Mike. Mike is as good a rapper as he is a singer, and every these days everybody wants to try to do both. Nah, he he truly is just that talented, man. He, he's yeah. a freak. It's crazy. Mr. Oh. Encore as well. Um, he's got yeah. some good stuff coming out the pipeline. Also, there's a young producer. I'm telling you, this young brother is from is going to be the next Brian Leslie. Just Scotty, check him out. Really? Say, his name, say his name again. Just Scotty. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely try to get in on him now early. Um, real quick for Jonathan, two questions for you. Yeah. What is the organization you've been working with that has been kind of exposing young kids to the game? And, and I think that's a really cool thing. And number two, how did you secure interviews with people like Heatmakers and, and Jim Jones? I think a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are Kenny's age, and they're just kind of breaking into this, this podcast, YouTube, social media world, and trying to do it to the next level. How did you secure interviews with people that have had, you know, massive success in the last 20 years in the, in the music world? Yeah. Oh, oh, I do want to mention a couple more artists. Uh, so uh, sorry to piggyback. Chris Patrick, I think he is going to be a mainstream name, like a household name this year. I, I promise you, like he's getting crazy crazy coverage. Caleb Mitchell and too, Ramsey. Caleb Mitchell, Mitchell yeah. Um, Caleb. I was about to mention him too. Uh, he's signed, Caleb is now not even independent. He's signed to Def Jam. Um, so Caleb Mitchell, he just did a music, uh, he just dropped the album. Uh, I like Only BC as well. He's an R&B artist. Um, but uh, yeah, so to answer your question, uh, the, the nonprofit I'm part of is called, can, can I well, you look you like you got another I'm one. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. My bad. <laughs> no, <laughs> not cool, to cut cool. you off. But guys, how do we feel about the Cardi B Mir Fontaine dispute over the song? Are we are we up to speed on this? I am. I'm a little up to speed. I like Mir Fontaine. I don't read much Cardi B news. Uh, so can you fill me in a little bit better? 
Um, to paraphrase and make a long story short, um, Cardi B pretty much stole like the melody and key components to new fellow up uh, well New Jersey rapper Mira Fontaine's song, and like the song the, the word up is used throughout the song, and yeah. um, the hook you know, is the same. Cardi, yeah, the hook is the same. Like Cardi pretty much fits some lyrics. Okay, what do you guys? What are you guys thoughts on this? Uh, I mean, like I. <sighs> I don't blame Cardi B at all. I blame her songwriters because it's complete plagiarism. There's, <laughs> okay. there's, there's interpolations, there's samples. These, this was the exact same hook word for word. And I just hope Mir Fontaine gets his coin because he's owed it. That's yeah, well, I hope he gets paid for it. I hope he gets enough exposure for it to go to that next level too, man, because he deserves it in my opinion. Yeah, he, and he's, he's crazy talented too. Uh, I, I'm honestly surprised he's not bigger than he is now because he's his he's amazing yeah he's one of those guys he's got a video on either mtv or bet now it's come on a couple times later at night when i was kind of scrolling channels and it like the video was so good and the song was so well produced i forgot he was a jersey guy not in a bad way but it's like mm-hmm. i i thought he looked like somebody that was that already taken off and blown you know what i mean um yeah. so i mean that in the best most respectful and then, it, then like, oh that that's mir fontaine I've, I've heard of him and heard some of his music stuff before too uh, so real quick, get into that nonprofit and get into how you were able to book oh. you know, legends <laughs> on your podcast. Uh, okay, so the nonprofit is called the Independent Entertainment Media Coalition. Um, we kind of tap in um, with uh, high school juniors and seniors, um, kids basically trying to get into the media journalism field. So we we do scholarships. We do a lot of educational stuff. We have a we are about to launch a book club. Um, our first book I think we're going to do in the month of March is called um, uh, Hustlenomics. It's a book written by Ash Cash um, based off about like financial literacy um, using a lot of like the ideologies of Nipsey Hussle. So um, good luck out for that on IEM Coalition on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, but yeah, um, I'm in charge of programming. So I was looking forward to having a great year of doing dope events in 2020 with them and that kind of fell apart. So now we're, we're doing a lot of virtual stuff. So, um, uh, it's dope. We, we do a lot of partnerships with, uh, media corporations, podcasts and stuff. So like, um, uh, it's, it's definitely dope to connect with us. There's a lot of benefits. Um, and you essentially get, support behind you so um if you're in the media game and listening you should check it out um if you know a student trying to get into it and they want a scholarship it's a it's an awesome resource um and we're not for profit so it's it's definitely dope to tap in with us so as far as um booking these big interviews um a lot of it's luck sometimes a lot of it's just right time right place uh just shooting an email to the right person or a DM or, or networking in person. Um, as for the Jim Jones and Heatmakers interviews, so that happens. Um, I collaborated with my, uh, my guy, Mike Brown. He runs an organization called The Commission, and he wanted to do a web series called Behind the Brand, kind of talking to a lot of culture and figureheads about how they built their brands. And um, he's like, I'm not a journalist. I'm not trying to be on camera, but I know a guy. So he hit me up like, hey, you want to interview Jim Jones? And I'm like, absolutely. What do you mean? Do I, do I want to interview Jim Jones? Why would I not Jones? want to do that? So uh, 
so I, I hit him back like, well, like, all right, what questions do you want to ask? How do you want to go about the interviews? And he was like, well, I listen to your podcast and I know you can handle yourself. And like, here's a couple of questions that I want to ask, but like, do you, it's all you. And um, the way we kind of went about our partnership was um, the audio is uh, all mine to put on the podcast um, when we release the web series. Um, everything shot by Perimeter Productions. I want to make a quick shout out to uh, Samantha there because she's she's amazing behind the lens. Um, if you're looking for a videographer, she's the one to reach out to. Um, but yeah, those two interviews were, um, they wouldn't have happened without my man Mike Brown at the commission. So I want to make a big shout out to him. Um, we got a couple dope interviews coming out that we have in the tuck now. Um, COVID's shout slowing a lot Brown. of things down. Yeah, man. Great dude, man. Great dude to know. Um, uh, a great Instagram handle to follow as well. Very inspiring content. Yeah, uh, the commission. And uh, he also runs a nonprofit that we have an ad for on my podcast called Each One Teach One. Um, he, he's he's looking out for the kids too, man. He's a great dude, man. Yeah, man, I think that's great. I think it's great to get these kids involved younger and younger. You know, as, as, as the, only, the only parent on this podcast, these kids are involved in the internet so much younger than our generation was, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and mm-hmm. if you can, I think if you can get them to be productive on the internet younger, you're, and whether it's music, whatever they want to be involved in, but get them to be a, yeah. a producer of something younger and not just a consumer of what's out there, I think they're only going to be in a better spot when they're adults. So hitting those high school kids, I think, is super valuable. Um, and just get them, you know, get them in the game and something they, they – love and have a passion for and hopefully we'll make a career of one day i think it's, it's super invaluable man so thanks for giving back in that capacity yeah, absolutely um so Shout with that being you, ramsey i mean i'm trying bro <laughs> i'm trying yeah, that's all we can do yeah rodney's a big pull up the ladder guy he's not trying to help anybody else <laughs> hey, with Hardly, it, man. he tapped into to me to to host most of this stuff so man thank you for the opportunity hey, got me crushing shoulders with people how I, how I met Rodney, I don't know if you guys know the story. I mean, if Jim Ramsey knows the story or not, our listeners do not. Um, in the summer of 2016, I just got an idea that there should be like a hub for New Jersey's hip-hop music, right? I knew that there was enough music going on. It'd be cool if there was a way everybody could post off, share links, comment on each other. So I'm like, does that exist? So I Googled it, and Garden State Hip-Hop comes up, right? And this is a Thursday, and I just get to the, the bottom of the website, his picture, right? And I, I read a little bio or whatever, and I decide I'm going to reach out to him. And then randomly the next night, I meet him at the at a Kosher Dills album release party at the scene, right? And the only reason I'm sure it's him is we're in the same Cleveland Indians hat on in the picture and in real life. So I introduce myself. I'm like, man, we should do something together. And that's like July. And then I email him and DM him about once a week for July, August, September, October, <laughs> November, December, part of January, till he finally gets back to me as like, all right, man, I guess I'll do this podcast with you. And then we did 10 episodes of the A&R podcast, which is, with I, I can honestly say, the only artistic thing I've ever done that got 100% positive feedback. Like, nobody that heard it didn't like it. And then just for a bunch of reasons, the biggest one, him getting a big-time job in the city at the time, um, and then our producer having to do some other things with his time, we had to wrap it up after only 10 episodes. But it was a really fun run, man, and it was just a really good good time to do that. And then through Rodney, I met... Jonathan, and I believe it was New Jersey Live two or three. I can't remember which one it was. And we've all gotten yeah. friends and worked together and be on each other's podcast and create some content for you guys that way. And I think it's been really awesome and a, and a good relationship. And I've, I've learned a lot of new music from you guys. Hopefully, you pick some stuff up from me. That being Absolutely. said, 
Rodney, what's the next thing for you? Are we, I heard there's going to be a relaunch of Garden State Hip Hop's website. There's a show coming up. Shout out everything you got coming up in the next couple months. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Um, just the biggest thing uh, right now on my pipeline, I mentioned the show earlier, also going to be relaunching the Garden State Hip Hop website next month as well. So we're excited about that. Um, aside from that, you know, continuing to grow my PR roster of clients and just my general portfolio. Um, actually, today I had a business meeting with uh, photographer T. Eric Monroe. He is a photographer and author of the book Ran and Unseen Moments of 90s Hip Hop. So I just pretty much joined his team today to expand his brand. So that's another exciting project I'm a part of. Um, Congrats. You know, that's a very important, thank you. Uh, that's a very important piece to uh, to the hip hop community, which which you and I and Jonathan love so much. Yeah, man, that's going to be great. Congrats on making that connection. Looking forward to seeing what you guys put out there. Uh, John, what do you got? Uh, what do you got coming up immediately? Uh, immediately, just um, continue to look out for more ASAP B-side content. Um, uh, my podcast. Uh, I'm finally like doing more video content i swear every time I, I show somebody my podcast they're like oh are you on youtube and i'm like nah so now now we're doing more video content so so look out for that um mood room sessions is kind of been born out of the pandemic uh obviously um i do uh music concerts and curation in that way too so now i've been doing like this at home intimate uh kind of acoustic and uh sometimes rap music series uh, at the house. I got the nice little backdrop in the back with the, the album art. So I let the artists pick their art and we set the mood and they, they drop a song or two. So uh, look out for more mood room sessions. That's on our Instagram and uh, YouTube pages, uh, the podcasts, mood room sessions. Uh, uh, I'm hosting Rodney's next show. So that's uh, look out for that. That's going to be dope. Um, the 7th of March, uh, I'm sure he'll plug it one more time before we go. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, um, I'm working on a I, I'm working on a, a residency at a spot in New Jersey. Whether it's on um, every month, we're gonna do a different theme. Whether it's a open mic or a concert or just a party um, or a networking event. So uh, I don't have that in stone, so I can't lock that in yet. And uh, we're all still stuck inside, unfortunately. So. But uh, yeah, podcast, move room sessions, uh, Rodney's show on the 7th at the same uh, virtual though. So yeah, that, that's uh, and more music reviews, indie music discovery on What's the Moment. Yeah, man, it's great. Love what you guys are doing. I, just, I think you guys are doing- Angelo. Yes. What, what's up with you? Like what, what's up with the comedy scene and everything? Uh, I hosted, I got the open mic every single Monday at the Brighton Bar. Um, it's going incredibly well because one of the few open mics that are still happening during the pandemic, we're able to yeah. socially distance and the place is big enough where, you know, it's a 140 person capacity venue. We could bring about 40 or 50 people in there at a time and follow all the laws, which is going really well. Yeah. Um, one Wednesday a month, I got open mic, super open mic 64 at a retro arcade down in Belmar. Shout out to them. We do an hour and a half of games, hour and a half of comedy. Uh, it's kind of like a party professional mixer going really well. And then obviously it's me and my cousins <laughs> once a week. Uh, me, my cousin Mike that's in his 30s and my cousin Ken is in his 20s. Kind of talk about just what's going on at the Jersey Shore, what's going on in our life from different 
perspectives. I left them out of this one because I thought with five of us all fighting for mic time, there just wasn't <laughs> going to be enough mic time. For, it would have turned into like a Wu-Tang song that's like nine minutes long because no one will shorten their verses. Um, I didn't want to do that to the listeners. I want to talk to you guys on my own. But those are the three main things I got going on right now. Brighton Bar, uh, Super Open Mike 64, and the Me and My Cousins podcast. And I think you guys are hitting the nail on the head with Rodney doing the show at the Saint right now and, and Ramsey trying to get that residency set because I think you got to think positive and that the world's on its way back to normal, right? So I think laying the groundwork uh, now for when yeah. we can get back out there is if you're not doing it now, you're going to be behind when everybody else is already already back out there. I think you got, I, I'm trying as hard as I can to be ready when it reopens. And I think you guys are doing a good job of putting yourselves in good position to continue to succeed. Uh, and, it, uh, and, and you know, you know, uh, just to add on to that, Angelo, um, it's going to be curious to see just thinking about what we saw during the Super Bowl with the weekend and how creative and innovative that performance yeah. was and everything artists have done since the pandemic. I can't wait to see what these live productions look like. Oh my God. You know, over the next crazy. few years. Yeah, man, because every, every great album we talked about tonight that has not been performed live, not in a real environment. You know what I mean? It's been a, maybe an empty sound stage or something yeah. like that just for Instagram. But, um, you know, we haven't seen Run the Jewels do a festival stage yet, right? We haven't seen right. Little Baby do his new yeah. records in a packed out stadium in Atlanta. Yeah. We, Rod, Roddy yeah. Rich didn't get to... Like, dude, think about that, man. You release an album in January that dominates the radio, dominates the charts. Yeah. Every, every kid loves you. And then your world just ends in in March. It's, just, yeah. it's a wrap, man. No um, one lost more money than him. at all. What's that? Yeah, nobody lost more money than Roddy. <laughs> no more. Yeah. No one he, lost. Well, like he only, broke. And, yeah. <laughs> go ahead, Angelo. But, but you guys know. Oh, go ahead, Angelo. I was going to say the only person that I think lost more in 2020 than Roddy Rich is, is Pop Smoke. Yeah. Because he had Ooh, bangers, yeah. man. He had. I, I keep doing a joke that that Pop Smoke had a better 2020 than me, and he died in February. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's nuts to say that, but yeah, but that 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 what he, the music he had on deck when he passed away so unfortunately young was yeah. was fire. Like it was it was all ages. It was people my age liked it. It was the college kids I deal with liked it. Um, he had the radio songs. He just had it. I, I, the, it mm-hmm. should have been the year of Roddy Rich and Pop Smoke. Yeah, and instead there, it was nobody's year because the year kind of kind of ended right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, um, just going back to, you know, live shows, one thing that worries me, and I don't know if you guys would agree with this, is, you know, say we still have um, capacity restrictions due to the virus. What does this say about local music communities and their venues? Because I feel like if national acts can book the larger concert halls, they're going to try to dominate the small venue market, which pushes out all the local talent. You know? Yeah, I mean, that, that's something I hadn't thought about that? much, but it yeah. makes perfect sense. Ramsey, what do you think? Um, you know, it, I'm I'm not sure what's going to happen. Um, like, and even to the larger acts, I mean, like, are, like, are people going to... And I, and I love music festivals. I love going to big concerts. I love being packed in and stuck next to each other. But are we going to go back to our same old dirty ways? Are, are masks here to stay? I mean, Melbourne, uh, if you look at like what's happening in New Zealand, they haven't had like a positive like case since like March of last year. And they're mm-hmm. 
like if you look there like a bunch of acts from here are going there to perform because they're just still performing big concerts big festivals nonstop. so like i don't know one is america ever going to wise up <laughs> and two um when we're actually in a place where we're safe again because we will be eventually are we going to go back to what it used to look like yeah, I mean, those are big questions. Yeah, that's a huge question. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge one. Um, but it'd be interesting, man. I'll be, I'll be, I'm excited to to see that and and read about what you guys have to say about it and listening on podcasts. I think you guys will continue to have great takes on whatever the next step in this in this industry and in this pandemic and the the music game is. So that being said, uh, let's go, Rodney first, then Ramsey. What do you want to leave to me and my cousin cousins listeners with? Oh, man, just be on the lookout for March 7th, the virtual concert, Bless the Mark. Pick up your tickets for that. Um, aside from that, the relaunch of GardenStateHipHop.com. We're excited to bring it back with some great content for you guys. Um, be on the lookout for anything related to Eric Monroe. Follow him on Instagram. I'm happy to be working with him and everybody else, a part of the project. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's really, that's really it for me. Nice, man. Jonathan Ramsey, what's the movement? What do you got for the listeners? Uh, go to whatsthemoment.net. If you are tired of listening to the same artists all all the time, um, playlists, podcasts, uh, mood room sessions, the whole nine, um, music discovery, go to whatsthemoment.net. Um, if you care about me, you can follow me at Ramsey Said What. Uh, that's everywhere except Facebook because I only talk to my friends and family there. Um, <laughs> you never spoke to me on Facebook once. Is that true? I, no, not it's sure. not true. No, it's not. Not at all. I'm messing around. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, um, prayerfully, we'll we'll move into a space where we can operate and and do the intimate stuff and the intimate venues and live music. Because I mean, like I, I ask, are we going to go back to it? But I want it to come back. I miss it so much. So look out for that. Um, follow what's the movement at what's the movement everywhere. Um, as spelled, except for Twitter, because I ran out of characters. So it's what's without the H and then the movement. So, And that's going to do it for another episode of Me and My Cousins. I am Angelo Gingerelli. And listen, there are more talented artists in New Jersey and the Jersey Shore than you can possibly sift through yourself. Absolutely. Rely on these guys to help you out a little bit, give you a running start, and let you know what's out there. Because the talent is deep, and these are two of the best guys to kind of let you know what's out there and who you need to, not who you want to listen to, who you need to listen to. So make sure you hit up and continue to follow Rodney Corsi at Garden State Hip Hop, Jonathan Ramsey at whatsthemovement.net, and Angelo Gingerelli at fifthroundmovement.com. Me and my cousins, it's a podcast. What's up, everybody? It's Angelo from the Me and My Cousins podcast, hanging out with my little buddy, June. We listen to the Me and My Cousins podcast in the car, when we're getting ready for soccer, when we're cooking in the kitchen, when we're wearing our cool sneakers, and when we're working out. Find me on all social media at Mr. Fifth Round. I'm Mrs. Seventh Round. Me and my cousins, it's a podcast.